the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. In fact, it's the date day edition because it's Thursday and that means Paula is live in studio with me on this Thursday afternoon. We're here to take your phone calls and answer your questions, whatever it is, whatever's on your heart. All you need to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585 if you are outside the local San Antonio area. You can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR, numerically at 630-5757. You can email questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And remember, if you are driving in the car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, baby. You look particularly pretty today. Wow. Okay. Thank you. All day. I mean, mm-hmm. from this morning. You told me this morning, but I didn't expect you to, you know, kind of reiterate it to the whole world. But thank you. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> You're going to shout it from the rooftop. Okay. All righty. If they, a good thing this is radio, it's not TV because I'm I got my pose on right right now, right? <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. To the parade mm-hmm. wave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The runway wave. Thank you so much. <laughs> so what's up? You know what's up is I am getting more and more excited about Sweet Summer Devotions. It's just been fantastic, and and I you know I say this all the time because God is good. He makes me look like a genius, <laughs> you know, because all I do is I pray a little bit. But, you know, I think, Lord, is it her turn this year or is it her turn this year? And, you know, and that's all I that's all I do. I don't know what they're going to say or, you know, how timely it is or any of that kind of stuff. And so I just go up to him and tap him on the shoulder or tap him through a text, you know, and say, hey, your name's on my list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it seems true. like it seems like everyone mentions that. Yes, they do. I couldn't believe when I got Papa or Mama Paula's text. Uh-huh. It was and and they sort of freak out a little bit. But. Yeah, it's safer for me to do text because in the past when I've just gone to them face to face, one time a lady balled up her fist, <laughs> <laughs> and her dad was right there, and he he grabbed her hand and said, "You are not going <laughs> to hit Miss Paula, right?" And she's. Said no, no, but it kind of looked like it. Uh, she, I knew she was going to ask me, you know, kind of a thing. I said, "You can't say no," but you know, truth be told, I think there's only been one person this whole time that's ever said, uh, "No, no, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm not ready for for that yet." But there have been several who looked at me and and you, even that person, you I know you well enough to you said, "Well, you know, pray about it." Yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> but she said, "No, I'm I'm I've prayed about it, and maybe." Maybe next year, but yeah, but that's good. But yeah, it's going so well. Yeah, I mean, it's just going so well. Um, Talk about Trish. Yeah, Trish. Yeah, she um, 
she had been coming here for a, a while, and really nobody knew her. She was still in the military at that time. No, she had retired, but she was still serving a lot as a civilian. Um, but she came here for four or five years and just didn't uh, get involved. You know, she'd come to church, and that was it. Didn't know anybody, and went to the next duty station and uh, didn't didn't get involved with anybody. And so she said the Lord sent her to Hawaii and said, okay, you want to be by yourself? I'll put you in another <laughs> zip code all alone. But so when she came back here, um, the Lord was just saying, no, 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 make yourself available. And just the servant's heart that the Lord has developed in her. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times women, and, and Trish no longer is shy and, and, and stays in the back, but but so many women are. Mm-hmm. And um, Trish is so gifted. I mean, there's so many things that she can do, mm-hmm. and she wasn't using her gifts. That's why she felt alone. Yeah. And uh, I, when I when I watch it, I just thought, oh, Lord, what a wonderful sweet summer devotion uh, that they get to hear from somebody else. I talk to people all the time here about how when you start serving, when you start serving others, mm-hmm. the, the gifts of the Spirit are flowing through you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when your life begins to change so radically, and, and people just don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. And so they hear it from the pastor. Well, pastors are supposed to say those things, mm-hmm. or they need ju- they just want people to serve. Yeah. It's not that at all. Yeah. We've always had more people to serve than 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 we needed, mm-hmm. but it's when people begin to serve others that that they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's it's when God gives them some clear direction about things and starts filling in some holes from their previous walk. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, Paul, it is the most wonderful thing to watch. It's it's like watching a flower, you know, in those old. Um, uh, PBS type things where they'd show the flowers in super slow motion. Mm-hmm. Who were, and and uh, that's what I get to see. Yeah, I get to see just the the, the flower bloom and, yeah. and blossom. It's just a, a wonderful thing. So mm-hmm. for for the ladies here yeah. to listen to that from one of their own, mm-hmm. rather than just hear one of us pastors keep harping, serve, serve, serve. Yeah. Again, we 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 want what's best for you, and mm-hmm. boy. Trish has just become a different person. Yeah, just so delightful to be around. She was always delightful. I mean, you and I knew her a little bit uh, better than most because we did some counseling with her as far as, you know, when to retire, how to retire, what am I going to do after retirement, you know, that kind of a thing. And so we kind of knew her, but she wasn't known by anybody else. And then even in her teaching, she said, just this year, is the first time she's had anybody from the church in her home. That just sounds so strange to me. You yeah, know? in this church especially. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, it's. she even said it, Calorie Chapel. You know, we get together <laughs> to, to eat something, you know, everything. Um, and so to see her uh, so vibrant. I mean, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, I'm too nervous to speak in front of other people and all that kind of stuff. Well, she didn't have that problem as far as speaking to people in the military. But when she first stood up here at church and turned around and said, there's a lot of people here. Mama Paul says, so a little small, intimate group. What happened? But um, she was very well spoken. The one thing that I I really enjoyed hearing her say, and I, I highlighted this, was she says, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different outcome. You know, and if anybody's stuck in a rut, and that rut could be, you know, I'm just going to watch online, or I'm just going to go to church, sneak in, like Doctors Peter and Sheba did at the beginning, just sneak in when the music is playing, and then um, before the last song is over, I'm out, so we don't make eye contact or, you know... <laughs> God forbid you should make friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a, a different outcome. So a lot of people come to church, and um, this is what she said to them. We don't know what's going on in your life if you don't let us know. And you say that all the time. But like you said, it's it's good to hear from someone else. And if somebody has been coming to church for years, and I told them this afterwards in the the Q&A session, 
you know, I'm on the worship team, and a lot of times I look out, and I know people's faces, but I don't know their name. There's something wrong there because I'm like a, a butterfly hopper. I'm, I'm, I'm out trying to meet everybody. But there's so many people who just come to church late and leave early, and we don't touch. Yeah. We don't really, I don't know their names. That's, that's just strange. Yeah, it's just, you know, you're saying for years has been uh, hands down, heart open to the ladies here. And I think, I think most times people come in, and this, this isn't women, it's men too, but they come in with their hands firmly around their heart, holding on. I'm not going to be vulnerable. I'm not going to open myself up. I don't want to, uh, this is just church. And, and yet, uh, I think, Paula, what it was like in the first century church when people's lives depended on that fellowship. Forget forget this, the psychological lives mm-hmm. and emotional lives, but physically their lives depended on the security and the safety of numbers. Mm-hmm. It was a new family, and um, it, it, it opened the door to a whole new life. They, they could see God's power. And the, the people that just fade in and out of church and get out and try to stay uninvolved, um, for whatever reason, maybe they've been hurt in the church before. That always amazes me that, that a servant of God can say that. But um, maybe they, they, they haven't been treated like they thought Christians ought to treat them. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's just they have a natural distrust of people because of things that happened to them yeah. growing up in their own homes. Yep, that happens. But um, you come into Jesus' house. And it's got to be different. And it's up to the individuals to make it different. They've got to put themselves out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in fact, I, what I told the ladies is, you know, if you're not serving, your 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 walk really isn't well-rounded. It's all about you, basically. And so when you start uh, using your gifts and talents, and some people will honestly say, I don't have any gifts. I don't have any talents. But, well, First Corinthians 12 is kind of, letting us all know we have something we got something we can give and so um they miss out if they don't come in and serve other people it's just i always worry if somebody's really been born again if they really met jesus if they say i don't have any gifts oh yeah you know it's just because when you meet him when you encounter jesus for the first time Mm -hmm. things change and he starts leading and guiding and he'll direct you through the gifts that he's given you or the even if it's just one gift mm-hmm. and as you prove faithful God will give more. Let me ask you a question before I get there. We'd love your questions and comments today about serving in church or, or anything else, what the Lord has done uh in your heart or in your life. Uh three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free eight seven seven six three zero five seven five seven. Paula, what would you say to a to a lady who is um a bit socially awkward or shy or fearful and and their response listening to you is well that's easy for you i don't have your your uh personality mm-hmm. i i can't just be out there like you can mm-hmm. what would you say to somebody who said you that? know what ron i had a feeling you were asking that because i wrote down here social anxiety right before <laughs> you said that and i have several ladies who have social anxiety and from multimedical medical uh, Dr. Peter and Sheba have been sending over quite a few people who have uh, social anxiety as well. They're like, well, I've not, I've not set a foot in a church in forever because there's too many people there, you know. Um, what I would say is, you know, if you could just get your focus off of you for a little bit. Nobody's really looking at you to judge you. We want to be here to help you. And for, you know, you, I try to tell a lot of people, and they don't believe me, but when I'm at home by myself, I'm I'm the most comfortable. Um, I don't usually have the TV going or sometimes not even any kind of music or anything, just me and quiet in, in my house. And yet at church, because it's all about other people, I'm a, I'm a social butterfly then, but I used to be very much afraid um, to talk to people because, you know, I didn't really think I had anything to say and and if I did say something I'm going to say it wrong. I mean, I had all those fears as well. Um but it's it's time to think about other people, you know. Um so that's what I would say. I'd say, you know, just come in, sit in the middle, you know. You don't have to talk to anybody if you don't want to at first. Um but you need to hear the word of God and be changed. 
and everybody wants to be changed. Um, we want to be more like Christ if we're truly born again. We really do. Um, and that, that's not going to happen, staying isolated and being socially um, awkward. We, we're all kind of socially awkward, if, you tell, if, you, if, you, if the truth be told. Mm. We all don't know how to deal with other people because we're so busy. All of us think of ourselves first. We just do. Um, even with Trisha, the Lord had to take her away into a, another uh, time zone kind of a thing and all alone to make her feel, to really uh, realize being all alone is not a good thing. We need people in this world. And so you who are socially awkward or anxious, um, you don't have to come in and make 3,000 friends. Just come in and be um, available. Paul, let me add that for those who just, well, I just have a hard time trusting people. Yeah. Uh, You you only have to trust one, Jesus. Yeah. You just trust him. I've actually seen you take some of those people who've said that to you by the hand. Yeah. And you said, well, then just come with me. Just come sit in the front with me. Some... Yeah, but, but not just sit. I mean, when you're out talking to people and doing things, oh, you've, got, you've got them in tow. Yeah. And, and they can see that this isn't rocket science. I mean, this isn't mm-hmm. something that's difficult. It's just a step of faith and obedience to the Lord yeah. that you have to take. Yeah. And, and in doing so, you get to meet some really nice people. I used to be talking about social anxiety when the Lord first told me, you know, I want you to have women's prayer breakfast. For the first six weeks, it was awesome, Pastor Rod, because nobody showed up. <laughs> Not one lady showed up. That and was back in our apartment. That huh? was in our apartment, 26 yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, ooh, this is nice. This is me and you, Jesus. We can, I can kind of develop some kind of a prayer you know, thing with you. And that first time a lady came to the door, I was kind of mad, actually, because it scared me. Now I have this responsibility of leading somebody else and praying with somebody else. What if she's a better prayer person than me? What if she knows Jesus more than I do kind of a thing? You know, what kind of pastor's wife picture is that going to present? You know, so I had those those things. And then, then what if I said something wrong? And then she came and told Pastor Ron what I said, and now I have to f- fix it? Oh, man. And then the next week. What? what? When you get like that, yeah, now, yeah. what do I say to you? Just be yourself or something. Yeah. What do you say? Martha, Martha. <laughs> oh, yeah, you do. Martha, Martha, Martha. Worried about a lot of things. Yeah. So, you know, you just you get comfortable with knowing who Jesus is and how he thinks about you. And, and you, you really do begin to settle down. we got a lot of people in here who have social anxiety, and yet they come every week. And at first they'll say stuff like, you know, I'm not really into the hugging uh, Miss Paula. Miss Paula. I'm not really into the hugging thing. I'll say, okay, well. Two weeks later, it's Mama Paula. Yeah, let me, <laughs> let me know when you're comfortable. And then, you know, can you just not in, in, introduce me to people? Uh, I, if I'm going to meet somebody, I'll do it on my own. No, you won't. But let me just, okay. You yeah. know, kind of a R- thing. Remind me of this. I'm going to take a phone call. Remind me of this. I got another comment about the people we have doing the same thing you do. Oh, okay. The church. So okay. Let's go to our friend Jeff on line one. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air. What about those of us that are the total opposite of socially awkward? You know, we get in front of people. Hi, would you like to be a friend? Hi. Would you like to be my friend? You know, <laughs> Jeff, we just pray for you because we recognize while you may not be socially awkward, you're just awkward. <laughs> Thank you. you. You got me down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, so, the, well, the world me. needs. I, I, I... Huh? Go ahead. Go. All right. Yeah. So, so. So I'm like just about finished listening to all of the ladies from 2019. And the thing that gets me is that, well, you know, this is a pretty much a crash course on who goes to church, you know, and who I'm, who I'm going to be meeting. So like on Sunday, on Sunday, I'm like, I come early. I'm like, well, I'm just going to watch these people come out because I'm going to see somebody that I recognize. And so Melissa Finley came out. And she still had her funky hair. And I'm like, Melissa, Melissa. She turned around and she looked right at me and she went out the door. I'm like, oh, man, she must not have realized that it was a stranger calling her name. you know. <laughs> and, 
<laughs> anyway, so I'll try to get that straight next time. But I, I got to tell you a little story about what happened on Sunday from listening to one of the 2019 um, ladies. Well, first of all, anyway, Trish, when I'm riding in the car, I always like to put the video on because I like to hear the praise and worship music first. And then I just want to see their face so I can kind of put the name of the face, even though I can't watch the video in the car. So as mm-hmm. soon as I saw Trish, I didn't know her name, but I said, that's the girl, That's the woman that said, you want a hug? When I walked into the service a few months ago, like oh, one of the first cool. times we were coming back. You want a hug? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, I've never had an usher ask me if I wanted a hug. I mean, that's really awesome. And then she's talking about the same idea she gave me, too. How are you going to serve in the church? Well, just get a jar and put all 99 ministries in the jar <laughs> and put your hand in there and pull one out. <laughs> anyway, I had yep. I had listened to, to Rhoda Pickens, and, mm. and I, something in my spirit said, I want to meet Clint. Mm. I want to meet Clint Pickens. I don't know why, but something said, meet, go meet Clint. So on Sunday, I'm thinking, I have this in my mind already. I'm going to look for Rhoda because I have no idea what Clint looks like or her kids or anything. And maybe I'll see her. I don't know if she goes to first service or second service or third service or whatever, but maybe she'll come out. Well, of course, I didn't see her and went about, you know, our thing. And then I I lingered after the services, right? And, And I've seen the youth group practice their praise and worship several times. And I saw that little man up in the front, that teenager who was playing guitar and singing. I said, you know what? I need to go up and encourage him and thank him and tell him that, you know, I really sense his contrite heart when he's singing. And I walked up to him. I said, hey, young man, um, I just, you know, I want to encourage you. You really do it. You play well. You sing well from your heart. And I'm sure God's really pleased. And I said, what's your name? He says, Caleb. I said, Caleb, how old are you? Fifteen. How long have you been playing guitar? Oh, about 10 years. And he starts telling me that his mom had a guitar back when he was about five. And I'm thinking, wait, wait, wait a minute. What's your last name? Pickens. Who are your parents? Clinton Rhoda. I'm like, oh, you're not going to believe me. You're not going to believe mm-hmm. this, but I wanted to meet your dad today. Mm-hmm. Can you please tell him that there's this crazy new guy at church that just <laughs> wants to meet him sometime? And that he saw your mother's testimony from two years ago. And he came to church looking for you today. He's like looking at me like, boy, this one strange adult right here. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, it just gave me that sense of like, wow, there's just so many special dynamics, you know, when we reach out just a little bit to people. Now when I see Trish again, you know, I can, it's just really wonderful. Just Mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jeff. You know, Jeff, I think think when you saw Clint, when you met him, uh, did you recognize that you'd seen him before? No, it wasn't Clint. It was Caleb. It was their son. He has it. Oh, oh, so you met Clint. I've seen. No, I've, I've seen you. You, you have though. When you see him, you'll know. I've seen you talking to him at Saturday morning prayer. You saw me talking to Clint. Yep, you you'll recognize him when you see him. See, I okay. love. That. I just, right. I just love the way the spirit works. Mm-hmm. Praise wow. the Lord. Okay. Thank God. Okay. Love you guys. Thank you, you Jim. Bye. Okay. God bless you. Thank you very, very much. Hey, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. It's 340-9585. You know, Jeff's um, um, story there, Paul, is just um, how open we need to be to the leading of the, of the Spirit inside the church. This is where the gifts are going to be used. This is where we can encourage and, and exhort and edify our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And if you're not looking for those opportunities, how can the Spirit lead? Mm-hmm. You know, Paula, we have, I told you to remind me of this, we have, uh, you, you can always tell when people, especially before first service, um, when people come in and they just sit in a chair, um, we can tell they're they're new. Mm-hmm. And, and we've had so many new people week after week after week here recently. And um, we've got probably uh, uh, 70 people uh, from our pastor's discipleship class who are every time they come in church looking for people they don't know, just to go welcome them, to ask them if there's any prayer needs, um, to, to, to thank them for being here, whatever. But it's not an assault. It's just, just 
it's very warm and very welcoming. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of those people, as they use their gifts, um, God enables them to really reach down and in some cases make lifelong friendships deep in the heart, lifelong friendships. It's a good thing. Yeah, lifelong. In fact, uh, this week on Sunday, we had two families, one who used to live across the street from us at our old house that were here, which was really kind of cool, David and Connie. And uh, and so they were here. And then another family, I, I don't know where they moved to, what city, the Wolf's. Um, oh, they're in Colorado. Colorado. Okay. They were back here, and to see, you know, that we're doing the same kind of a thing. We haven't gone off some wild tangent, you know, no new thing. They come here. They know it's going to be the Word of God um, taught verse by verse. And to see, you know, I was on the worship team this week, and that's so hard when, you know, people come for either to be saved or recommit um, or asking for the gifts and stuff, you know, because I'm just kind of a crybaby. It's like, <laughs> oh, this is so wonderful. But to see, you know, Ed and Janet come up together asking for prayer for mm-hmm. I don't know what. I know they're saved already, but whatever. But to see the numbers of people wanting gifts and then to hear Trish back that up. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. Hey, we've got uh, 30 minutes left in the Date Day Show, and we would love anything that's on your heart. 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program, the date day edition of the program. You know, Paul, yesterday, or the day before, yesterday, I, I got sick a little bit. And so the day before, I mentioned how fast two minutes goes. Well, I was just... Checking you out. Looking how beautiful you are. That two minutes went so fast. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Thank you. I appreciate it. I really do. But if... You hit your pose again? <laughs> right now, I'm a little bit flustered because uh, I, I don't really get, like, embarrassed or anything like that too much. Well, let me stop lying because sometimes at church, Pastor Ron, had to make you put your hand up a little higher up on my back. <laughs> We're at church, Pastor Ron. And what do I always say? Uh, your body's not your own. No. What What do you say? I say nobody's looking. Oh, yeah, you do say that. <laughs> and I'm like, well, hmm. Put your hand up a little higher, Pastor Ron. <laughs> and everybody in the audience is going, ooh, especially if there's kids. I'm going to be looking. Some, In fact, one time in the hallway, I had a lady put her head in the sanctuary and say, I just saw that. Mm-hmm. So? Yeah, I know. I'm like, somebody's always looking is what my point is. We're married. <laughs> yeah. We're adults. <sighs> yes, we are. Okay. Okay, second anyway, half of the show. What's up? Second half of the show. Happy birthday to us. July 9th. We forgot all about it. Last week, July 9th. We're not day anniversary, birthday type people. I know, I know, but, you know, we got Sam, the producer and the announcer guy, and he always reminds us of these things. And so if anybody's keeping score, we've been here nine years last Friday. So happy birthday to the um, word to stand stand on for life. And how fast has that gone? Yeah. Wow. What a what a what a great partnership we've had with KSLR. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people there, uh, Mike, before the general manager, who did, I mean, just bent over backwards to to put us on the air and to accommodate us, and um, and and now Chad, the general manager, and and the people that work there, Mark, and and the staff. We've had a lot of different studio producers mm-hmm. uh, over the years, but uh, I remember Paula when Mike, uh, who was general manager of the station asked me to do this. He said, the one thing I have to, t- I have to ask you to, to really consider, he says, a live show is a huge commitment, a life-changing commitment. And, and I looked at him and I said, Mike, if the Lord tells me to do this, you won't have to worry about whether or not I'm committed. Mm-hmm. I'll do it until he tells me to or until you don't want me to do it anymore. But 
Um, um, that was nine years ago. And uh, that's a lot of Monday through Fridays at 4 o'clock. You know it. And you wonder why our life goes by so fast. Ooh, it does. Yeah. Tomorrow you will say this because I listened to the show. Another week has gone by. I'm like, oh, my goodness, yes. It's mid-July. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, right? 2021. Oh, my. Yeah. We were just in a hotel in freeze. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and, you know, every, every time I go by the hotel, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you for home away from home. Because <laughs> that, that was a tough time right yeah. there. Seriously, I still have PTSD, post-traumatic storm yeah. disorder. <laughs> every time my little cold front goes, Paula, Paula, get cold out all over. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, when we first moved into the new house and there was a, a storm, and our lights went out. Oh no! Oh no! You know, <laughs> we we can't be without power. Never again. So yeah, I, we get it. But we were to the hotel, so everybody probably who stayed in their house. Uh, shut up. <laughs> you were in the hotel. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I was thinking about uh, the gifts, Pastor Ron, and you're gonna you've been teaching on them, and you're you're gonna continue teaching on them. Um, and yet, you know, like with with Trish. She has a lot of gifts. She can do a lot of things. And there's so many people in this church who can just do so much. You know, Matthew Makasadia, he can write songs and dance, and he can sing well. He plays guitar. And, he be, plays, a nucle- and be a nuclear physicist. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly my point I'm getting to. And then he can just <laughs> relate to everybody. You know, he's just super smart. And you just think, Lord... <laughs> I don't want to say to the Lord, that's not fair, but I really do want to say to the Lord, that's not fair, <laughs> you know? But He gave uh, you cute. Well, okay. that's He did not give me that gift, Paula. <laughs> so just don't I be I should envious. relish in it? Just thank God for what you've got. Okay, cute. Okay, well, I don't know how much good that does other people, but... Does me a lot of good. Okay, this, there you go. So anyway... Um, he gives us gifts, but he gives us these gifts that we would use them for his glory and in, you know, humility, not not puff, puffing our chests up or pounding our chest and look what I can do, look what I can do kind of a thing. And so, you know me, I have to look up, I have to look up words because it just doesn't come natural to me. So humility, a modest or low view of one's own importance. And, you know, we, we all struggle with with pride sometimes, you know, now that I know and it's been confirmed that I'm cute, I could take that and, and run with it and have my model pose all the time. But who made you cute? That's the but point. But who made me cute? Yeah. That's why Paul says, do not think more highly of yourselves than you ought. Yeah. And if you don't think more highly of yourself with the gifts that God has given you, then it turns into gratitude. Mm-hmm. Because it's like God um, saying we were just watching a, a major league draft. And the team comes up and says, the first pick in the 2021 draft by the whatever team it was, and they choose the name. It's like God says, you're my first draft choice. Mm. And and a lot of times people won't choose us for anything. And many more times we wouldn't choose ourselves for stuff. Mm-hmm. But God says, no, you're my first draft choice. Mm-hmm. And, and Paula, that makes somebody grateful. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna name six attributes of humility that I just looked up today. It it number one, it a person with um, humility acknowledges that they don't have it all together. Not that they have to beat themselves up and say, you know, like I used to do, you know, I don't know everything kind of thing. But acknowledges that you don't have it all together. Two, they know the difference between self confidence and pride. There's some things I like with Trish. She knows she can do. There's some things that I know I can do, um, but that still comes from the Lord. Yeah, and that that whole talk that she gave was was just bathed in humility. Yes, you absolutely. Yeah, she she took the steps, and the Lord, whoosh, you know, Acts five thirty two, the Holy He gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey, and so it's not a, it's not pride. It's the Lord has enabled me. You know, he's called me. He's chosen me. And like you, you know, I heard that call. I don't know how it's going to happen, but God said, and so he's going to work his will in and through my life that it gets accomplished. 
The third one is seeks to add value to others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seeks to add value to others. And um, as we serve others through humility, just like Jesus. You know? Yeah, there's a, a Bible study I do, Paula, about called the, focusing on the overpluses. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, the, the Greek word, the English word is advantages, but the Greek word is translated overpluses. And, and Paul says, what are the advantages then of being a Jew, the overpluses? And then he deals with them. And when we consider our overpluses, then we can go make everybody feel better about who they are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And... Um, um, that that one thing will change people's lives. Yeah, because we can look at ourselves and say, you know, that the list of all those ugly things, you know, that we used to be, such were some of you. That's not a that's not a pride thing. That's a I'm self confident in that the Lord has chosen me out of the dominion of darkness and taking me into the uh, light of the Son that He loves. Yeah. That's not a self. Like, I made myself. No, that's God's work. You know, Paula, the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me in 26 years here. Okay. The nicest thing uh, was a lady in the church, and I love her with all of my heart. But she she was angry with me because she she assumed, I think, that I didn't really understand her past. And, and after a couple of months went by, she came back um, with smiles and tears. And she just said, you know, I realize now you were giving me more value different words mm-hmm. to that effect uh-huh. and that that was just the, the, the nicest thing anybody could have said mm-hmm. that's what happens when you use the gifts that God has given you yeah you add, so um, you add value to others the fourth one is <clears throat> excuse me a person who is humble takes responsibility for their actions you know it's not uh, blaming others, but takes responsibility. Yep, still a sinner. Still a sinner. <laughs> God's still doing a work in me. I don't have it all together. Not gonna, I'm not going to pretend that I do. No, I messed up, and it was my decision to mess up, and so please forgive me. Yeah, and I would add to that, if, if you've uh, sinned against somebody, then you go to them in humility. Yeah. It's not if I've offended you. Yeah. Or, I didn't mean to, but if you were offended by... That's not an apology. No. An apology says, I was wrong. There was no excuse. I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. And God can use that to do such marvelous work. Yes. And then the fifth one is, a person of humility understands the shadow side of success. We are only successful. We're in the shadow. We're kind of like the underroars. We're going to get the boat there. <laughs> We're going to get the boat there, but it's not by our own power. We got a a, a, a master that says, row, <laughs> row. <laughs> You're going to get to the other side. But we understand that even in, you know, the success of, say, Calvary Chapel San Antonio, we, we're in our 26th year. There's been a whole lot of times where it didn't seem like we were going to make five, let alone <laughs> ten, twelve. The Lord has done all of this, you know. Um, when When I go to the women's retreats, for instance, the people all come to me and say, well, thank you, Mama Paula, for such a wonderful retreat. You're welcome. But the Lord and I, Dawn Ballesteros knows, um, Sheila, Rhoda, um, all those other people who do all the stuff, they know. (laughs) Mama Paula didn't do a thing other than get the guest speaker. That's it. That's it. But I, I understand the shadow side of success. The Lord has surrounded us with, say, for, your, for instance, your pastoral staff. We got a great group of, of men who, like last night when you didn't feel so good, Pastor Ken could just step right up. Our church doesn't miss a beat. We understand the shadow side of success. It's we're in his shadow, and he makes us, that's why I always say, he makes us look good. <laughs> He makes us look good. The sixth one is, like you were saying earlier, a person of humility is filled with gratitude for what they have. Not just gimme, 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 but Lord, thank you. Like I was, it was yesterday because I didn't go walking. First, I always thank the Lord. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for saving me because I was on a road going fast straight to hell. 
thank you for my salvation. Thank you for saving Ron. Thank you for my kids' health. Thank you that one of them is saved. Thank you, Lord, that I know you're working on the other one. Thank you um, for I have a house. I have a car. I have, I have, we have good health. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for friends. Thank you for if I called anybody, um, they're going to be there. I mean, I have family. You said the lonely in families. Um, I can just, you know, go on and on. Single barren woman. Yeah. You know, I've never thought of it until you just said it this way. But, you know, the, the, the Christian who is, let me use the word carefully, grumbling, even if it's just between him or her and God, about the things that they don't have. You know, God, I want this, and God, I want that, and God, why haven't you done this for me, and why haven't you entered my prayers for healing? Um, that's a lack of humility. Mm-hmm. That's a focus mm-hmm. that's that's all on the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've heard, you, you listen to the show every day, Paula, so I, I get questions from time to time. Um, how do you stay humble when God is using you the way he's using you? And... You know, my response is always, when you're close to Jesus, you can't help but to be humble. Because you're in the presence of (laughs) glory and majesty. You know, God lives in unapproachable light, and Jesus allows me to approach that unapproachable light. That's a staggering thing to consider. Mm -hmm. And that makes one humble. And I think one of the things that people can do is to recognize that when they're focused on what they don't have or focused on the, the difficulties in their life. I'm talking to Christians now. They're focused on the things that they would perceive as being negative. Um, they really need to be humbled. And God will do it. He'd rather you do it, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Because if you don't, he's going to. He loves you. And uh, a lot of people get crushed in that humbling process. And it's just easier to say, you know what? Humility is attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Humility is like a light. Moths flock to, to the light. Um, when you are a truly humble person, um, people won't leave you alone. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah, I kind of think about the prodigal son when he came back. I wonder what he was like after. You know, they don't, there's no long-term story about how he and his father interacted once he came back, you know. I, I I've squandered my squandered everything, you know. I didn't wish you well. Actually, asking for my inheritance uh, before you even passed away says, you know, I don't even care about you, kind of a thing. Um, I wonder what kind of relationship he had with his his dad when he came back. It had to be sweet. I, I just can't imagine that it wouldn't be sweet, Dad. Whatever you need me to do, I don't care how menial the task is. You know, we're starting in uh, the book of Daniel. Uh, it's supposed to be next Wednesday, but now because I missed yesterday, it's going to be uh, two. Two, two Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, um, imagine Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, yeah. When he was in the presence of God in heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a, a, one of the worst people in the history of the world. And, and, um, and, and he had to be humbled. Um, acting like an animal seven years. for seven years. And then he came out of it, and he realized, you know, God sent Daniel to warn me. This didn't have to happen. This is the God that I want to serve. Can you imagine um, Nebuchadnezzar when his knee bowed and his tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord? Yeah. That would be a grateful man for eternity. I can't wait to meet Neb, by the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Naaman. Naaman was humbled, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he had to go out in front of all the people and disrobe. He's a leper. He's a leper, mm-hmm. you know, and had to be humble and go into the water four, five, six, seven times. It's like, okay, on the seventh time, I just, I surrender. You know, I'm, I'm going to go on and go in there. Nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But. Grumbling, complaining the whole time. And then to come out and see his skin as like a baby skin. Wow. I think we still got some time. If anybody has any questions or phone calls, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Paula, keep going. Yeah. You know, talking about being grateful for just anything, to tell you the truth, but 
Um, this past Sunday, well, on the worship team, you know, uh, it's a privilege to get to be on the worship team and sing with these very gifted people, you know. Um, I was so, like, overwhelmed with gratitude this weekend. It was just an amazing thing. I told Jocelyn, I said, wow, in our rehearsal, in our rehearsal, singing the song, I, I was able to sing Victory, you know, The Cross Meant to Kill is my victory. I could already sing it in, in rehearsal. I was thinking, wow, you came for criminals and, and Pharisees. You came for hypocrites, even one like me. You know, I mean, I'm saved, and I know I'm changed since I've been saved. But, man, there's still a long way to go. And yet, Jesus, another song we sing is, you see the depths of my heart, and you love me the same. It's not a question. It's not really a question. No, you love me the same. You know, my my favorite song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. Well, Jesus loves me when I'm good, when I do the things I should. And Jesus loves me when I'm bad, even though it makes him sad. He still loves me. He's still going to complete the work that he began in me. And I'm going to heaven. My reservation won't be canceled out because of the wrong that I still do. You know, the sin that's still in my flesh. And it was just, it was just an overwhelming Sunday and um, man, looking mm. out at people as I'm singing, and some are just with their hands up and their tears are f- running down their face, and you just they're as grateful as I am right now, kind of thing, maybe more. Um, but God, you you rescue mm. us. I think in the lyric of that song, Paul, you just spoke to a lot of people uh, in this audience. Um, he loves you the same even though it makes him sad. I think there's a lot of people in this audience who who suppose that says he loves me the same uh, even though it makes him, I make him mad. Yeah. He, he's not mad at anybody. No, he's not mad. And if, if the Lord is speaking to your heart about that, please deal with, with it. Get, find out really who he is and what he's done. And then have the faith. Ask God for the faith. He'll give it to you. Ask him for the faith to believe it. God doesn't get mad at you. He never does. It's true that the things that we do, the choices we make, make him sad. But he loves you infinitely. He can't love you any more when you're doing well than he does when you're not doing well. He won't love you any less. No. He, he just, just can't. He can't. It's, it's right. contrary to his nature. Yeah. And I think we've got to get to that place. I learned that lesson, Paula, very early in my Christian walk. And I, I, the, 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 I think logically. So to me, the logical outworking of that was, well, if I blow it, and I'm sorry, tell God, and then accept His forgiveness and His love, and keep moving. And um, you know, I, I've told stories here at the church. I'm a great gift receiver. Forgiveness is the thing that I'm the greatest receiver of. And if I mess up, I just say, God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. He says, yes, I know he said it because it's in the word. But but I don't worry about it anymore. I don't beat myself up anymore over that thing I did. It's past. The old is gone and the new has come. And I don't want to infect the rest of the day with something I've done. I just, okay, God, you forgive me. It's as far from me as east is from west. What's next? We have to remember that God is not like humans. You know, he, he doesn't hold a grudge. He, our sins in the deepest, darkest ocean, it's far from him as east is west. We don't think like that. You know, we remember, and others remind us of the things that we've done. You know, and look in the mirror and say, oh, man, I did that again. But God's not like humans, and we need to remember that as well so that we can be good receivers of his forgiveness so that we can wake up tomorrow if we blow it today and say, yeah, I I remember it, but I'm not going to relive it and move on. So I hope that helps. Well, Paula, we're about two and a half minutes left in the program. Anything you want to add to mm-hmm. it? You know, um, as we've been praying for a lot of years for the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, confused, this last couple of years we've added fearful and then of late, we've added angry. People are so angry. Yeah. They're just fed up. 
with so much, Ron. And um, again, being on the worship team these last two weeks, um, I'm looking out and I can't, I can't get to everybody. I tried this past Sunday because we did, you know, we had the meet and greet again. But there's so many new people that I'm not able to get to. Um, but the people are coming back to church, and there's so many that I don't know. I mean, they're coming to Calvary Chapel San Antonio, maybe because their church hasn't been open, isn't going to be open. Some have said that they, they've come here and didn't realize that where they were going, um, they weren't being fed. Um, a, lot, a lot of people listen to the radio shows. Yeah. and But, I mean, I have so many. Jerry, Leslie, Sophie, Crystal, Chris, David, Hannah, Tara, Sean, Danny, Annabelle. Um, Wayne and Joan, uh, yeah, I just got that's my list. Um, but people are kind of angry. Yeah. And and we are inviting all those who are angry. It's okay. Come and get fixed. Come and get <laughs> come and get fixed. Come and get. Hey, get Paula, we're, we're we're getting really close now. I, I didn't want to to go on without you giving a chance to talk about Sabina. Oh, my goodness. Sabina is next. She's the young one on our list, the youngest one on our list. Um, and she just graduated from Calvary Chapel Christian Academy, president of her class, right? President of school. President Student of the school. school. Um, well, she's going to be speaking this coming Monday. And again, I have no idea what any of the ladies are going to talk about. I know it'll be fun. She's fun. She is fun. She's a blast. Yeah, but she's so cute. She goes, I hope I don't cry through the whole thing. I said, well, the Holy Spirit will interpret, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, be here. And again, the Q&A after time is so vital. And and parents, the Q and A time for Sabina will be rich mm-hmm. because you'll be you'll be blessed. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. This has been the date day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at four o'clock on AM six thirty. The Word. We'll see you then. Bye bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels. The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at four. And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at CalvarySA.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.